This is the center of controversy, Miss Trina Michaels, and you're listening to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Theme song! Ladies and gentlemen, we are Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. And Troy is here. Hey. I call them like I see them, all right? Uh, look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You heard the entire intro. That means I am not by myself this week. That's right. It's episode 335 of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. And with me today, the return <coughs> of the... Finally, the cock has come back to the Rundown. That's right. Your resident asshole or cock in this matter. <laughs> Jason has returned to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast after a two-week hiatus. Uh, thank you to all the fans who are still here, uh, who did not abandon the show after to listen to me blather on for an hour and a half, split up into two episodes there. Yeah, t- I am, two uh, weeks had to take care of the wife and then take care of business over at UFO Wrestling, but I appreciate you holding down the fort, Troy. Yeah, well, hopefully I didn't ruin it too bad much for anybody. <laughs> so, we are finally able to have a, a show that you might be able to listen to. And we're going to go ahead and start things off. I feel like you're putting a heavy burden on my shoulders right off the bat here. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's you know, it's it's not that much to live up to. You just have to be better than me. <laughs> <laughs> so not not a difficult thing by any stretch of the imagination. I can tell you one area I was better than you, and that was elimination chamber picks. So, yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and get right into it here um, because. The Elimination Chamber picks, this pay-per-view was incredibly predictable. And the only reason I went differently was to be different. <laughs> because otherwise, this was going to be really fucking boring to have both of us pick the exact same people. Because in my mind, I was 100% on the picks. Because this is what I knew was going to happen. But I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and maybe... WWE will actually give us something that is a little bit different than what we thought was going to happen. Um, so let's get into it. Well, starting things off on the kickoff show. Now, this was not announced by the time that we did the show, but the club and the Miztourage faced off in a match of a who gives a shit. The club wound up beating Miztourage, and nothing really came of it. So to the main show proper, because there's nothing really to say about it. Well, I will say I do find it slightly interesting that they went that route for the kickoff show here, given that it sort of looks like we're getting to some uh, configuration of Finn versus The Miz heading towards WrestleMania. So maybe a little foreshadowing on their part. It seems like they might have forgotten that Finn Balor's part of the club. Well, he did an interview with them on that show, didn't he? Yeah, there's just kind of background noise at this point. (laughs) 
Anyway, so we had the female Elimination Chamber match. The WWE Raw Women's Championship on the line as Alexa Bliss took on Bayley, Mandy Rose, Mickie James, Sonya Deville, and Sasha Banks. Now, of course, I thought maybe, just maybe, we'll go out on a limb here and think maybe Sasha Banks will go ahead and and, uh, and get this win. Because I, I, I had my reasons and I kind of explained it on the show. Um, but again, it was not that hard to choose that Alexa Bliss is going to retain here. And she did. So I'm just bringing up here right now so we can go through exactly what happened in the match. So um, we, we started things off with Sonya Deville and Bayley. Uh, Mandy Rose was the third person to enter. She tapped out to the bank statement from Sasha Banks. Um, we then had Sa- Sasha Banks was the fourth person in the match. Mickey James was the fifth person. Alexa Bliss, the champion, comes out sixth. Uh, after that, Sonya Deville lost thanks to Elutha's press off the top of the pod by Mickey James uh, in a very fucking impressive move. Uh, Mickey James then got taken out by the Bailey to Belly. Uh, then Bailey was taken out by Alexa Bliss. Uh, then Sasha Banks was finally eliminated by uh, Alexa Bliss following a um, top of the of the pod uh, twisted Bliss and a top rope DDT. Uh, it, we had two really good fucking moves in this match off the top of the pods for the women in something that uh, I think that we... I was a little surprised by that they, they were able to do a lot of the stuff, but uh, the, this wound up being a really good match in, in my opinion. What did you feel on it? Uh, it was easily my favorite Elimination Chamber match of the night, for sure. Um, I feel like the biggest winners of the pay-per-view were the people that were in the pod behind Alexa Bliss for 20 minutes. Oh, God, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, uh, all, th- all seriousness, I thought uh, I liked I loved Mickey James with the uh, Wonder Woman uh, gear. I thought that was kind of a cool, mm-hmm. cool touch. Um, I liked the entrance with uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville coming out together. I liked that they're sort of putting them in matching sort of looks now. Uh, though the white not my favorite look for Sonya Deville, I don't think it's great great look on her. Yeah. Uh, Mandy was phenomenal in, in terms of how she looked coming into the match uh, as usual. Uh, you talked about the twisted bliss off the top of the pod. Loved that move. Hated the fact that it basically ended up just being a device to get into the bank statement. Uh, sort right. of really almost no sold that move, which I thought was a tremendous move and didn't do a whole lot of justice to what Alexa did to execute that dangerous move. Um, I loved the spot with Alexa being the last one out and trying to hold the pod closed. So that I, th- I forget who did that before in the uh, men's chamber. Seamus. Yeah, Seamus, that's right. And uh, then the, the whole thing with the climbing up and down, it was sort of a video game-ish, uh, you know, up one mm-hmm. side, up the other. Uh, and then the beauty of the Sasha Banks turn on Bailey. I thought everything was executed beautifully. Uh, the finish was somewhat predictable. But then you get to the end. The end where Alexa has tears running down her face. And I told her, you just have to believe in your dreams. And blah, blah, blah. and then, but you all suck and you'll never accomplish anything. Beautiful, beautiful work by Alexa there. Um, loved everything about that. Uh, to me, this was probably match of the night uh, by a mile. Uh, best match on the show. Yeah, um, you know, Alexa did did a, a rare thing where she got people to believe she was turning face, and it was believable. It was very believable. You thought, I mean, yeah, she's she's the most she's one of the most over women on on the roster, and 
you know, this she did. She overcame a lot in this match. You know, didn't didn't really use any kind of cheating tactics really to win anything of that. So you're like, oh, she they could be turning her face here, and we could see her, you know, go up against a heel Sasha Banks or or Nia Jax, who who we know as a heel. But instead, she turned around and reminded us all how good she is on the mic. So one thing I will say yeah, is we was, spent a couple weeks building to this whole Mickey and Alexa alliance, and because Mickey was gone before Alexa even came out, it sort of never got to actually play out. Yeah, which I actually kind of enjoyed because that means that we could see it continue again. You know, we didn't we didn't have to have because we we already are having that focus with Bailey and Sasha on the kind of uh, you know are they going to turn on each other. So, so to have it be that focus and not have both of these different ones kind of go that same way uh, made it so it felt a little bit, m- bit more important that Bailey and Sasha were having it. Not that Bailey and Sasha were having it, and Mickey and Alexa were also having it. So, um, the other thing, so yeah. I, I, so the other thing that struck me as really mm-hmm. weird in this match is Paige walked out with Absolution and then walked to the back rather than going to ringside. Um, seemed a little strange to me. I don't know why she wasn't allowed to stay at ringside. Yeah, I mean, it's the elimination chamber. You really can't get into it. So, right. Yeah, it was. It. it yeah, I, I figured that she would have just been there, but eh, I guess yeah. not. Uh, so yeah, so the women were given uh, just under half an hour for their elimination chamber match. Uh, made the most of it, and you know, continued to set records. Mandy Rose, be, you know, set a record as the first woman eliminated in an elimination chamber match, and of course, Alexa Bliss, the first woman to win an elimination chamber mm-hmm. match. So, uh, also, she had the most eliminations with two. So, uh, really, just a stellar night for Alexa Bliss. You know, these the women continue to to create these new records. Um, and and continue to take these opportunities that, that they've been given and roll roll with yep. them. So unfortunately, uh, the right rest on. of the women's division on Raw is a just a mess, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But oh well, well for, we shall, sir. We shall. For, for this so. shining night, they were amazing. Yeah, for at least for at least half an yes. hour. <laughs> um, so the uh, the next match we had was was the Bar taking t- taking on Titus Worldwide. The Bar winds up retaining. The Raw Tag Team Championships, as if that was any fucking question that was going to happen. Uh, in a 10-minute in match, uh, not a bad match. Um, you know, these guys continue to, to uh, you know, to show that they are really, really good wrestlers. Apollo and, and Hepatitis, they are also, you know, decent wrestlers. Well, albeit not... I said decent. Well, I didn't say good. Titus did almost kill well, Sheamus on Raw. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, they... they you know, Apollo and the Bar wound up showing that they were good wrestlers. Titus wound up showing why he's mostly a manager. Um, but yeah, so I am enjoying the new nothing. gimmick of the Bar, where they do these two out of three fall matches to win two straight every time. That's becoming like a new thing. It's part of their gimmick, I guess. Wasn't it like five seconds into the fucking match on Raw that they were yeah. up one, one pinfall? Yep, so. Yep. I will say they they have some of the most inventive and creative distraction um, tactics that I've seen. I, I, mm. I do enjoy that. They seem to do that quite a bit. You know, we we learned when we had the pairing of Cesaro and Kid, just how good of a of a uh, tag team wrestler Cesaro could be. We didn't really know how good good Sheamus could be, but Cesaro really brings out the best in him. Um, you know, Sheamus is one of those guys who. Do you forget the United Nations? United Nations. Are you talking about the, the League, League of Nations? League of Nations, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that, I mean, it, it sucked. <laughs> so, but no, I mean, it, they, Seamus wasn't really given an opportunity to shine there. Here, he's actually given an opportunity to, to you know, really play to his strengths. He's Obviously, we know he's, he's a brawler, you know, he's a hoss, so... Uh, whereas Cesaro, despite the fact that he's also a Haas, can still, you know, run that different kind of offense that he's got, the very unique, high-powered offense he's got. Um, but yeah, these these guys continue to to show how good of a tag team that they actually are, considering that they were just randomly thrown together. Uh, but another randomly thrown together team, Titus Worldwide, not so much. Uh, just to think, with the leadership of Dana Brooke, they still couldn't pull it off. Yeah, well, she's not not the leader. She's just a statistician. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, nothing, not much. They, they couldn't even that. get their own dance correct on Raw. Their entrance little gimmick there. So, that's that's true. Yeah, they're the ones doing the millions of dollars, right? No, dollars, no, no, that's different. Oh, oh, well, that was different. Oh, different team. Okay, okay, all right. My yeah. bad. <laughs> Anyways, Oscar Oscar beat Nia Jax in a match where if Nia had won. She would have been added to Asuka's championship match at WrestleMania 35. Uh, if Asuka would have won, she would have continued to have that opportunity to choose her person. We still don't have the official word that Asuka is challenging either of the champions. No, but every week Cole continues to put it over as if it's a guarantee she's fighting Alexa. So I think it's almost right. a given at this point that she's fighting Charlotte. So Yeah, and we seem to be, have, be heading towards something on SmackDown as well. Um, with, you know, who's going to be facing off against Charlotte. It seems like it might be kind of a clusterfuck match for Charlotte. No, no, Charlotte's going uh, to fight because... What? At WrestleMania? You just said Asuka was going to fight Charlotte. Alexa Bliss. No, I said Charlotte. I said Cole keeps putting it over as if it's going to be Asuka versus Bliss, which leads me to the inescapable conclusion that they're going to swerve us and Asuka's going to pick Charlotte. Mm. I don't know because at this point, it's it's hard. It, it is hard to tell because yes, they do continue to to kind of put over Asuka as she's going after Alexa Bliss, but then again, you know what happens then because Nia just lost this match, so she is not guaranteed to fight against Alexa Bliss, and unless they're going to Shane McMahon it up, it it and have her just get a title shot anyways, uh, it seems like maybe. You know, I don't well, know. We've got a we've got a little bit of time to go yeah, here. Oscar can't um, pick Charlotte until the fast lane pay per view is over because technically we don't know Charlotte's going to have the belt. Spoiler alert: right. she is. Um, she's totally she's totally yeah. Gonna have that. But um, so yeah. But that to me, I also don't think it's coincidence that Alexa is making a point to constantly say that you know Nia should have gotten a title opportunity so that once Oscar picks Charlotte. Now you've got Alexa on the record multiple times as saying Nia deserved a shot. Boom, there you go. Right. Yeah, that's very true. Um, so unless you've got anything else to say about that match, I don't really. It was kind of your standard Nia Jax match, standard Asuka match. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, it, it was there. I mean, nothing stood out to right. me. I'm, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Nia Jax. I think we all know that. But, you know, it was fine. It was better than some of her previous uh, forays. Yeah. Well, I I became a fan of Nia Jax once she uh, she knocked Asuka's nipples out of her top. <laughs> uh, I will say this: I still think whoever the fucking person is that designs Nia Jax's costumes uh, really hates her because I think some so of too. that shit's just atrocious. 
Why is she in a full body outfit? Uh, well, because she's a big girl. <laughs> you know, got to cover that up. God damn, pal! No one wants to see cellulite on TV. No, you don't. You don't have to cover that up. She's done bikini sh- shoots and stuff. God like damn, pal! She's fat. Well, be that as it may. Speaking of fat guys, you know what? Uh, we Ray should White do a Long. gimmick where they call her a pig. Piggy Jacks. I'm just gonna let you continue to go until you're you run out of steam. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. The Walken one, Matt Hardy, defeated Bray Wyatt because that's what Bray does. He's the eater of pins. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you guys told me that Matt Hardy was, was killed several weeks ago when Bray Wyatt pinned him at Raw 25. That was the end of the gimmick. It's still the end of the gimmick. This match sucked. <laughs> nobody, uh, nobody cared. <laughs> you know how you know your match is bad? When the announcers have to say, yeah, this crowd is just silent. I think they're just so in awe of... What the, mm-hmm. What's going on? The weirdness of these two guys. Like, when the announcers have to put over how quiet the fucking crowd is and try to make an excuse for why, you know you're having a problem. Listen. Oh, for sure. If you're going to continue this, I don't have a problem with it, but there's no fucking reason to have these guys do a straight wrestling match. That was, the, that was the error here. And it seems like we're seeing some hints that maybe the next time they hook up, it's going to be in something a little more unconventional, which is where it should be. Yeah, and because it's the WB version of the of Broken Matt Hardy, it's going to be at the uh, Hardy Convention Center. <laughs> you also, for, uh, in terms of where you placed this on the show, you placed it between Elimination Chambers right before. So what you told the fans was, at some point after this, you're going to see Ronda Rousey and then the Elimination Chamber match. So mm-hmm. why the fuck would they get excited about this knowing all that was to come? You know, it's almost like, all right, get this thing over with so I can get to that good shit. It definitely was. It de- this is... <laughs> This became the piss break match, you know, um, which is very telling for the direction that these two guys are going right now. Um, honestly, it probably would have been better if they would have separated them at this point instead of continuing this feud. Uh, but I guess we're just going to keep doing it. So I guess we get some kind of match. I don't know if it's going to be at Mania or what it's going to be. My fucking cat is pissing me off. Uh <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be at Mania or if it's going to be at the pre-show or if this is just going to be like a random Raw match because the only thing we've got between here and, and Mania is a SmackDown pay-per-view. So uh, at this point, you have to kind of figure that you know this feud is continuing. That's what we're looking at Matt Hardy and, and Bray Wyatt in some kind of dumb fucking match at Mania. Or kickoff show or whatever. Fuck out of here. All right. <laughs> so I guess we could talk about the Ronda Rousey um, contract signing. This uh, this was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> so first of all, I'm not a huge fan of Ronda Rousey's music. I would have rather they do. Um, I, I I understand it. I understand it's her UFC. That's what she came out to, and everything like that. I don't feel it fits her. Um, I was hoping that they would have created a new song for her uh, instead of licensing one. Um, it doesn't really get me excited for Ronda coming out because the song is just kind of meh. Um, but that's just kind of my take on it. Uh, the contract signing itself, you know, we had, um, somebody probably needs to do a blood test on Kurt Angle. (laughs) Um, because I don't know what the fuck that was. Um, and (laughs) 
Yeah, so we, we definitely used this to set up a WrestleMania match. Uh, where because The Rock was too busy, uh, Stone Cold's stack of dimes, he calls her neck is too broken. And uh, uh, everyone else kind of turned it down. So looks like Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle will be taking on the king and queen of wrestling. Um, and we, we got to that point by having, you know, Stephanie slap the shit out of Ronda on bra. Um, it was, no, that was just a pay-per-view. That was the paper. Yep, that's right. She slapped the, slapped the shit out of her uh, an elimination chamber so much so that it sounded like she had a welt on her face from it. Um, so I guess they're trying to kind of make this a little bit of like a Stone Cold and Vince McMahon feud, but the problem is, is that nobody cares about Stephanie like they did Vince, and Ronda is not nearly anywhere near on the mic as good as I would be if they handed me a live mic in the middle of a wrestling ring. So, <laughs> uh, but of course, you know, Ronda... She's not a talker. She's a fighter. And mm. on on mm. on Raw they you know, they, they definitely did a little bit better of a job at this. Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, but on the Yeah, but on the pay per view here, she did not come off great on the mic here. Um but that's that wasn't what this was about. This was about setting up what's going to happen with her. Okay, so I, I, I disagree in a couple of areas. First I thought Kurt Angle had a flub, you know, with the WrestleMania 21 gimmick. But other than that, I thought he was great in this segment. I thought he was constant, particularly that final interruption with, like, oh, oh hey, Steph, didn't you say that you could kick her at? Like, I, that was just, I thought he did excellent in there. Um, as for Ronda on the mic, now, here's the thing. A lot of people have killed uh, her performance. And part of me thinks that was sort of by design. Because she came out and she was doing the aw shucks, just happy to be here, big smile, blah, blah, blah. And that's not really Rhonda. That's not where Rhonda lives. Um, so I think it was almost by design to to make her look that way. Then once the snap once the slap went off, then we saw the real Rhonda. Then we saw the badass, the ass kicking machine, the baddest woman on the planet, however you want to refer to her. She snapped into that character. So what we saw earlier was this is the Ronda you can have a conversation with. This is the Ronda you don't want to see across from you in the ring. I think that was the juxtaposition they were going for, and I thought it was great. I really enjoyed that segment, to be honest. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, and we'll get into uh, Ronda on Raw in just a little bit here. But first, we've got one final match. In a match that everybody knew exactly what was going to happen. Roman Reigns defeated Braun Strowman, Elias, Finn Balor, John Cena, Seth Rollins, and The Miz in the Elimination Chamber match for a chance to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 34. Now, this match started with The Miz, Seth Rollins, and Finn Balor in the ring. John Cena came out fourth, Roman Reigns fifth, Braun Strowman sixth, Elias seventh. And then Braun Strowman proceeded to make the history books by becoming the first person to eliminate five people Elimination Chamber match and still lose. So, <laughs> Strowman took out everybody with the running power slams before finally succumbing to a spear by Roman Reigns because, you know, that's how things work. Now, I want it to be said, I do not hate Roman Reigns. Um, I was upset, not upset, I was disappointed that he won this match because it's the same old thing. They had an opportunity to do something new. Um, now, obviously, 
I just want that fucking belt back on Raw. I just want Brock Lesnar to go away. So I'll take what I can get. But me personally, we've already seen this match. We've already seen Reigns and, and Lesnar. No, we uh, We've already seen... Well, we saw him in a three-way match. Sorry. Um, we, have, we, we saw a one-on-one. We never got an, a clean outcome. It turned into a three-way. This And I was true. enjoying the shit out of their one-on-one match before it got yeah. interrupted. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. I, for one, was, you know, kind of hoping that we would see, um, you know, Seth Rollins win this one and do kind of a one-on-one because we never saw a Rollins and Lesnar one-on-one match. Um, definitely didn't want to see Cena win it, so I was happy to see him get eliminated. Uh, Elias does, and The Miz are not strong enough people right now for me to believe that they could be, ma- you know, be main eventing WrestleMania. Um, so obviously you really only had three guys in this match, maybe four if you can include Cena, who could have conceivably won it to, to face against Lesnar, because it definitely wasn't going to be Finn Balor. Uh, <laughs> so, like I said, to me, I mean, the, the match itself was okay. Uh, definitely, you know, yet again built up Ron Strowman, but where's the payoff on this? You know, when is this guy going to get a belt on him? When is he going to be, you know, the, the, the champion of Raw? And, you know, he continues to be built up to be this gigantic monster, only for him to continue. The, the guy deserves a title shot because the last time he got a title shot, well, he didn't get pinned. You know, he still hasn't get, gotten beaten. And every one of his opportunities, he seems to kind of get fucked over on it. Uh, so so is Roman when he's had the belt. But in any event... Um, yeah. My biggest issue with this match was the way it was laid out. Um, and we talk about Strowman. That's a great example. Um, yes, you can say that the attempt was made for Braun to come out of this looking strong while still not winning. And I guess they accomplished that. Um, but at what expense? To me, what you did was you killed a lot of finishers. Um, mm-hmm. To me, if you, what you could very easily do, your very easy out was you get to that segment where they all hit their finishers and then four guys cover Strowman and eliminate him there. And he's done. Um, you have it out. He still looks strong because it took four people to beat him. Instead, what you did is he took all the finishers, kicked out of it. All four guys covered him. He threw them all off. And then one spear mm. puts him down. I think yep. he told a shit story mm. in the way you, you did that. Um I just I don't think in previous other chamber matches we've been able to sort of start to see threads for other stories being planted. I don't think we got any of that in this match. I think this match was solely about getting Roman to WrestleMania. Um, I, I didn't see anything that really would lead me to believe that there's anything down the pike for any of these guys. Now we started to see some of it on Raw, but they had an opportunity to start to tell some of those stories in the chamber. They didn't do that. Uh, I thought Elias sort of refusing to come out of the chamber right after Alexa had done that in the same spot, being the last one to come out, was a little cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I didn't think this was put together exceptionally well in terms of who whoever you know booked the match, agented the match. Um, but all in all, I thought the guys worked hard. Uh, I thought Roman looked good. I thought the um, you know it got you to where you needed to get to. Uh, technically, there were no real issues with it. All the moves looked good. They they made good use of their space in the cage. Um, I, all in all, it was you know fundamentally a good match. I just don't think it was laid out particularly well. Sure, for sure. And you know, the Limitation Chamber we've had kind of a, an issue in the past with the booking with the, with it, 
they don't seem to really know how to book a really good elimination chamber match most of the time. Uh, you know, obviously the the IC cha- elimination chamber match is going to go down as one of the worst of all time. Um, and you could kind of say, well, you know, the Mark Henry thing kind of screwed some stuff up or whatever like that, but the rest of the spots in that match were not good. Uh, and this is, again, you know, we, we have beat this dead horse to death three times over that gimmick pay-per-view should probably be gone. Because it, it right now we've got a situation on SmackDown that would actually make you think, like, oh, if we didn't have this fucking Elimination Chamber gimmick pay-per-view, this would be a perfect opportunity for an Elimination Chamber match. Because we've got too many contenders for the well, belt. Actually, at this rate, if we didn't have a Royal Rumble, it would be a great spot for that. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Because we're going to have 30 people uh, in this fucking thing by the time the actual pay-per-view rolls around. Right, right. Um, so I guess that's a good enough segue into a little something that we like to call the Perfect Ten. So let's let's get right into to it right there. So the story that they're telling with Cena is one uh, that is rather intriguing. Here's a guy who is desperate to make it to WrestleMania. Uh, he doesn't have any real storylines or any feuds that that are naturally bringing him there. So of course you know he did everything he could to get into the Elimination Chamber and lost. And then all of a sudden we heard on Raw. I'm going to SmackDown, I'm a free agent, I can do what I want because I'm John fucking Cena, and I'm going to try to get into the main event of Fastlane, or do something in order to get into WrestleMania. So Cena, you know, come out, comes out and, of course, you know, says that he wants, he wants in, he wants to go to WrestleMania. So he gets an opportunity to face off against AJ Styles, and if he wins, he'll be added to the growing main event of Fastlane. So... AJ and Cena proceed to have a match, uh, a very good match. Cena definitely should have been disqualified when he AA'd AJ onto the table, but apparently that is A-OK to do. Yeah, tables, um, don't, John, tables don't ever cause disqualifications. That makes no fucking you sense. You can throw people into things. Well, I mean, technically, you would if, that, if you were to disqualify people for the table spot, you'd have to disqualify them for throwing them into the ringside barricades, too. And you should! Well... <laughs> That's not the rules of the match. You should be you should be disqualified when you throw them under the stairs too. But that doesn't seem to fucking matter. Well, you can't hit them you with the foreign object if they happen to hit it because you send them in that direction. It's not technically. John Cena a ate him on in through the table. Well, you have the WWE so rulebook. What does it say? Uh, it's not a real rulebook <laughs> because it's a bunch of fucking dumb shit thrown together that they slap a fucking twenty dollar price tag onto. <laughs> If if John Cena were to pull a folding table out from under the ring, set it up, and do that exact same move on AJ, he'd be disqualified. But then he has brought out a foreign object. The table was already there. WWE doesn't care about their rules. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Cena winds up winning. He's added to the main event of Fastlane. There was a running thread through this, this show that every member of this fucking main event continues to just beat the living hell out of each other and so we've got you know Dolph Ziggler in a very fucking dangerous move kicks the back of of Kevin Owens' head while he's on commentary 
That's a good way to give a guy a concussion. Well, to be fair, Kevin uh, Owens kicked him right in the fucking side of the head a couple weeks ago. That, so, little receipt there. That is, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Um, he then tried to uh, yank out even more hair that uh, Baron Corbin is losing off the top of his head when he zigzagged him. Uh, Corbin, of course, got a little comeuppance on, or got his, got his when he returned the favor later on. You know, uh, everyone is just beating the shit out of everybody. You know, Cena got involved in this as well. Got, you know, uh, wound up standing tall, though, at the end of it. And we have John Cena in back-to-back pay-per-views going for a, or going for a champ- a chance for a championship and then going for a championship. Um, and I like the story they're telling here, but it makes me a little bit worried on what the payoff is going to be for this. Because... You know, Cena continuing to try to get into the main to to WrestleMania for a championship. Um, I don't think either of us believe he's going to be the WWE champion after Fastlane. So that leaves you with a question of: So what is Cena going to do, and is it going to make sense with this current narrative that they're telling? We'll get into some of the rumors about what he'll be doing uh, in a later topic of the Perfect mm-hmm. Ten. But um, look. I wasn't a huge fan of this. Look, I, okay, so let's separate the, these two things. I love any time I get to see John Cena and AJ Styles in a ring together because they have chemistry that's off the charts with each other. Uh, it was another tremendous one-on-one match between the two. Uh, really good storytelling, false finishes all over the place. Um, here's my issue, and I'm not a guy that says, oh, well, you can't pin the champion. I, I understand there are scenarios where you pin the champion. If the story you're trying to tell me is that John Cena is getting frustrated by his constant failure, having them pin the WWE fucking champion does not going to do anything to damage his confidence. You just pinned the best guy in the fucking company. Clean. Right. So that doesn't jive with the story they're telling. I'm perfectly okay if you want to put him in the match. Have him qualify over fucking Rusev or somebody else. Don't put him over AJ fucking Styles. Make any sense. And now, and now yeah. is AJ's weekend going into WrestleMania and the perception he's just gotten pinned by Cena again, second time in a row. Now, maybe they'll make up for it and, and AJ will win the match by pinning Cena on Sunday, who the fu- uh, next Sunday, whoever the fuck. Uh, so who knows what they're going to do with that. And, and this is all stuff that can be fixed later. I just, when I approach this stuff, I look at it from a logic standpoint and this didn't make any fucking sense to me the way they told the story. Um, one thing that isn't on the list, but I think deserves to be mentioned because you brought up Kevin Owens earlier. Fantastic job on color commentary during the Sami Zayn oh, Baron yeah. Corbin match, including the line as Corbin is yelling at him. Yeah, yeah. If you're looking for your hairline, it's further up on your head. So yes, <laughs> yes. Continuing to be the be- one of the best talkers, in my opinion, the best talker uh, in the WWE right now. Owens can just continues to bring it and. Oftentimes, color commentary is a mixed bag when they, they bring wrestlers out. Uh, example would be Natalia. Uh, but anytime that Kevin Owens is joining color commentary, that's a match that you don't fast forward through. Yeah. That's a match you sit and you listen to every fucking second. Which you really need him out there for a Baron Corbin match. So That's true. That's true. He did make that much more watchable. True. Uh, and as, for, as we're talking about adding Cena to the match, I will say this. Uh, adding Cena to that match gave it a much-needed injection of star power, I think, because I'm watching Corbin and Sami Zayn, and I'm like, eh, eh, 
And then I'm watching like yeah. Dolph Ziggler run out in the main event, and I'm like, meh. Yeah. So you know, you tell me it can come down to AJ and Cena. Now I haven't heard anything official, and it's hard to tell because the match continues to change. But originally it was <laughs> a, uh, a a triple threat. Now we're up to a, a satanic six way or whatever the fuck it is. Um, <laughs> and it, I, I have no idea if this is single elimination or if this is like. Uh, a one fall to it. Like they haven't really told us much at all. They just keep changing the match, but we we don't really. We've never found out what the rules were. Well, so you should consult the right WWE now, rule book and uh, tell us what the rules are in this situation. Yeah, so it's it's being touted right now as a six pack challenge. Okay. <laughs> Which is a non elimination match, by the way. Yeah, until they change six, their mind. Six. Why well, I, I know. They, they could easily do it as a six-way elim- elimination match, or they can do a six-pack challenge where, yeah, it is one fall. If it is one fall, those are normally garbage matches because you have to find a way to have four fucking guys be knocked unconscious on the outside of the ring in order to get mm, your finish. Ladder match. I would be 100% okay with a ladder match that features Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. No, no, no. I'm saying it's the same f- same thought process as a ladder match where you have to have four guys at least down. Right, but that you can hit them with ladders. Well, <laughs> that's there's a no disqualifications thing. in a six-pack challenge. You could hit them with ladders. That's true. That's true. That's very true. You could even put them through a table yes, without getting disqualified. Although you can do that anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Note to everybody out there, you are free to put a guy through a table. Just start the match off that way. Um, so I guess uh, we'll go ahead and close the book on Cena here by talking about the potential news here. Because Buyaka Buyaka, the guy who killed a guy, might be joining the WWE. That's right. You can fucking roll your eyes all you want. I'm gonna bring it down to. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make that horse as dead as the guy he killed. Uh, Ray Mysterio. Might be joining WWE, and the idea right now is for him to face John Cena at WrestleMania. Yeah, this is coming off a Justin Barrasso report in Sports Illustrated. Uh, Meltzer is disputing the report, so for what it's worth, who the fuck knows? Uh, but what yeah. Barrasso? Because we because because we know Tuna Meltzer is the the authority on all things. WWE. Uh, what Barrasso is saying is basically the Undertaker informed the office that he was not planning to compete at WrestleMania this year. Uh, wanted to, didn't want to sort of crap on the memory of how he ended last year with the, you know, sort of swan song finish. Uh, at that point, they confronted Cena. Well, not confronted, but they went to him and said, "Listen, the Taker thing is off. What do you want to do?" Cena said, "I either want to face uh, Samoa Joe or I want to face Rey Mysterio." I don't know why he would pick those. Two random names out of his ass, uh, but that was what he did apparently, and they're they're working on getting uh, Mysterio on board with the contract for the for the show. So that's right. And again, that all comes down to how much you believe the report of Justin Barrasso. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, you know, Tuna Meltzer Authority was the guy who said AJ Styles was going to Raw, and he's still never been on Raw. I think that was the plan all along. I mean, he even bought red and black gear. No, no, no. I mean, it's Tuna Meltzer. What do you expect? <laughs> Anyways. No, it would, so, it would yeah, be weird I, if he bought red and black gear. I meant AJ. Just. <laughs> Are you even sure he probably has red and black gear? But considering it's Tuna Meltzer, it's probably sweatpants. I'm sure it's got a Young Bucks logo right. on it, though. Probably. Uh, and, uh, well, it's it, he probably bought it at the Tokyo Dome, too. And, so. uh, and some white stains. 
That's right. What what are they? We don't know. <laughs> All right. Um, so super jerk. Okay. We have a very raw, heavy, uh, perfect ten. So let's just go ahead and, and finish off SmackDown here. We got one of the best segments we've had on SmackDown in a long time, as the Usos and the New Day reignited their feud, and they both got on the mic and they both fucking killed it. Uh, the Usos, of course, bring up the 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 numerous years that they've been shunned from the WrestleMania card, only for the New Day to respond in kind. And remind everybody that they didn't get here because of their daddies. And the New Day, this was a perfect response. Because you had the Usos saying, well, you know, we, we were pushed to the side all these five years. And then, of course, the New Day's response, well, Big E in particular, his response was, the past five years, we, we weren't pushed to the side because we brought it. And they, they are trying to become the five-time, 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 five-time. WWE World World Tag Team Champions. Uh, yeah, so that was all great. And then the Super Smash Brothers showed up. And the two teams that just talked about how fucking great they were decided that two dudes who carry around fake hammers that they bought at the Halloween Express were too much for them. Well, in their defense, they may have thought it was John Cena coming out when it said Bludgeon Brothers because... That's true. <laughs> He's apparently a yes, member. So. Earlier on in the night as Cena came out, they flashed the Bludgeon Brothers logo. Um, yeah, I, first off, they ethered each other in this promo, and that was tremendous. I, I loved uh, what the promos were. And the Usos promo game has really been off the charts for the last couple of weeks, going back to that jail, that failed jail cell graphic uh, bit, but the promo they cut that night was really the first in this string of excellent promos they've been cutting every week. Um, and, and I think this did a good job of getting me interested in seeing this match again, because obviously it's been something we've seen quite a bit over the last year or so, but uh, it's never gotten boring, to their credit, and I'm very much looking forward to it, and again it could, as it has in the past, steal the show at Fastlane, so I'm all in. Very much so. Um, I want to take a quick second here before I move on to the next topic of the Perfect Ten to discuss, since we brought up the graphics. Um, there were there were some issues with production. This <laughs> there was no Flying Obviously. Rockstar during Shinsuke's introduction, though. That is true. So no Flying Rockstar. John Cena's entrance did come equipped with a Bludgeon Brothers uh, <laughs> entrance. And then when we had the giant beatdown... Somebody counted, not me. 33 camera cuts in 35 seconds. <laughs> it was the fucking worst. I could not watch it. I had to stop watching. That's that's a new thing they've been doing a lot lately. I think I mentioned the host right a couple weeks ago. They were doing that same thing on Raw. Yeah. Uh, whenever there's sort of like a big schmoz, they, they seem to do a ton of that. And it, it is yeah. really like if I had epilepsy, I'd be worried. Oh, it's terrible. It's... It's so jarring. It's so hard to figure out what the fuck is going on. And it just, it makes me nauseous just watching this shit. It's just, it's too much. You can be chaotic by doing like a little bit of shaky cam. Doing these quick little cuts just feels like, like I'm fucking like high as fuck. And not a good high either. Like a bad trip. It's, it's not good. And speaking of not good... The Raw Women's Division is a little bit of a mess. <laughs> so, those are, those, are, those are called segues, ladies and gentlemen. Um, 
so we don't really know what's going on right now. Um, we had a little bit of, of a question in regards to Sasha Banks and Bailey. Seems like they're still kind of going that route on on potentially having a match between the two of them. But how fucking and, and stupid does Bailey look? Let's let, let's let's just get right to the fucking meat and potatoes. Bailey gets her fucking ass turned on her by Sasha at the pay per view, right? Sasha mm-hmm. causes her to miss out on her opportunity to capture the championship. What happens the following night? Is Bailey pissed off? Nope. They come out to make a save for Asuka together. What no, the fuck? Okay, so fine. Let's buy into that. She apologized in the back to Bailey. They're all besties again. Okay, cool. During the tag match, does Sasha turn on Bailey? Nope. Bailey turns on Sasha. Who the fuck is the heel in this situation? I don't fucking know anymore. Yep. I don't know. Where's Mickey James? Why the fuck is Mickey James with Alexa Bliss? We don't know. That's never been fucking really explained. Is Mickey a heel now because she's with Alexa? I guess she is because she's on the heel team with Nia and Alexa. Why are Nia and Alexa friends again? I don't fucking know. Why is Nia in the title picture when she lost the match to Asuka? Is Asuka taking the title shot? I don't fucking know. This whole fucking division is a shit show. Nobody knows coming or going which way anybody is. This is awful. There's no storytelling here. It's like just throw these fucking women. No absolute solution nothing they were good enough to be in the fucking chamber they can't be on raw you know because we were having a fucking tag match why would you want the team that's actually a fucking team to be a part of something like that this is just fucking awful there's no fucking continuity or structure to this women's division right now and this is coming off one of the best matches and oh by the way we're throwing rousey in the middle of this bitch too i don't know that rousey is a part of she will be eventually she will be eventually, but right now she has been. She she has her thing with the McMahon Helms. But she is a focal point of female wrestling on Raw. Yeah, if you put it that way, yes, yeah, she she definitely is a focal point of of the women's division. Yeah. But she has no interaction with the rest of the women in the women's division. Well, so. yet. Uh, yet, yeah, but obviously we know that'll change. This is the whole thing is just the way they do it. Like I. I don't know who's who's a face. I don't know who's a heel. I don't know why there are alliances that exist. There's been no storytelling to get us to where we are. And let's say even if we get the much-anticipated Sasha versus Bailey match on the kickoff at WrestleMania, because you know that shit ain't going to make the main card, there's, there's, what, four weeks of storytelling to get us there? That's not a build enough to make anyone care about it. That's true. We have a lot to shift... Uh, Shift through as well, or shift, Jesus Christ. We have a lot lot to kind of figure out with this as well. And it's not, it definitely is not good. Uh, because, yeah, you, I, I really can't add too much more of this because you you put it so so perfectly on that. I don't know what's going on here. And it doesn't seem like the writers know what's going on here either. So I guess I guess, all right. Well, since right. we're talking about women, allow me to say because there's an eleventh topic I want to fucking get to. Um, Go for it. Because this is something that really sort of pissed me off this week, and I saw this. Um, I happened to catch this week's episode of Ring of Honor. Uh, a friend of mine, Kingpin Brian Malonis, uh, host of WPN, was on one of the episodes. So I, I'm sitting there watching it, um, and they did one of their uh, Women of Honor tournament matches. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, they're crowning their first ever women's champion in Ring of Honor, the Women of Honor title. Uh, it's a ton of tremendously talented female performers in this tournament, uh, including uh, 
one of Troy's favorites, Stacey Shadows, is in this thing. Um, mm-hmm. Tennille Dashwood, a lot, of, a lot of talented Deanna Perrazzo, just up and down talented females in this thing. So I turn on this tournament, and uh, who do I happen to see in this, in this match? I see Karen Q, who, for if you don't know, is a very talented female performer. Uh, recently, the last, last year or so, started to sort of make a name for herself in Ring of Honor. Uh, and her opponent, Brandy Rhodes. Now, I have no problem with Brandy. Uh, first of all, I think she's a fucking smoke show. Good on her. I appreciate the fact that this girl is taking the time to work on her craft and try to become a wrestler. D- against all odds, because WWE had her in the performance center and went, meh, maybe you're better off as a ring announcer. Um, but in any event, she's continuing to work hard at it. Okay, cool. I don't know how hard she's working, I'm assuming. Um, here's the problem, and this is the problem, same fucking problem I always have with these things, and maybe I get too carried away with it, and I'll fully accept that if that's the case. However, um, you look at those SmackDown tag team titles, right? What do we say at the time? Those titles needed to have a strong initial champion. When you're establishing a new title, you need a strong first champion. Instead, they put those titles on a comedy act in Rhino and Heath Slater. What was the end result? American Alpha wins those belts. Nobody gives a shit because those belts have no value. They've been given no, the fans have no reason to give a shit about those titles. The end result being they don't give a shit about those titles. So when somebody wins it, it doesn't feel special. Here's my problem with it. You're, you're creating the first ever in an age where women's wrestling is becoming one of the hottest things in, in the business. You're creating a brand new title for the second biggest company in, in, new, in new, uh, North America. And you're actually sitting here putting over Brandy Rhodes in this tournament. And she'll probably make it to the fucking finals the way things are going. Um, but you're putting her over somebody as talented as Karen Q for this because because she's sleeping with Cody like she's clearly not the better athlete she's clearly not the better performer she's clearly not a good storyteller so the only reason I can see to advance her in this tournament is who her husband is and that they want to keep Cody happy um and to me that just shits on your entire 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 title tournament she could get eliminated in the next round, and then this sort of becomes a moot point. But if she pres- continues to proceed through this tournament, like I think there's a chance she might, I- I'm going to take real exception to that. All right, I'm done ranting. Okay. Because <clears throat> now it's my turn. All right, so... Last night... Oh, I'm sorry, this I forget. I forget. I just kayfaped it up two nights ago. We had the uh, the mixed match challenge, wherein we saw no, that was last night. Finn, the show goes up Thursday. Hell, depends on what depends so on listening. how fast they edit. Okay. <laughs> well, the idea is there that they listen to it Thursday because I end the show with saying this Thursday, blah 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 blah. Ah, uh, so that would be two days ago. F- fair okay. enough. Get, get on the same page. Did me. I just break down the fourth wall? Shit. No. No, we do that all okay. the time. So, last night we had... I said it again. Whatever. <laughs> Tuesday night we had the Mixed Match Challenge where Asuka and The Miz, Team Awesome, 
So, Unless uh, you're the no. production staff, in which case you just write awesome. Yep. Yep. Um, took on Finn Balor and Sasha Banks, the Banks Club, or uh, Team We've Got Jackets. And during the match, I was suddenly struck by the fact that the announcers continued to talk about that if Asuka loses, her streak is over. And I had a gigantic fucking problem with this. Because, one, I thought that this Mixed Match Challenge was an exhibition separate from the rest of everything that's going on in WWE right now. And suddenly this became the focal point of the match. The, ref- the announcers would not stop fucking talking about it. Every time there was a near fall, it was, Can Asuka streak end here? Oh no, no, it continues. And... We had, even during the match, Asuka go, My streak! My streak! My streak! Screaming at the Miz. Uh, even in the pre-match promos, Miz was talking about the streak, and Asuka's, My streak! So it was, it was prior to the match, even. Right. Yes. So now they have essentially told us who's winning this. <laughs> because Asuka's streak is not ending at the Mixed Match Challenge. <laughs> it's not. If it's going to end... And we don't think it's going to end at WrestleMania. We're pretty sure he's, she's going over. But that would be what you would do it at. You're going to... You have made so much of this streak now that it's going to happen at a pay-per-view. And so now, there's no fucking point in watching the Mixed Match Challenge from here on out. Because we already know who wins. And, like I said, they've done a really good job in all of the rest of this shit making you feel like this is its own separate thing this is just a fun little thing. It's like the all-star game in any sport. It doesn't fucking matter. It's just a fun thing to do. Now it's no longer a fun thing to do. Now it's, there's something that's actually on the line outside of just giving some money to charity. And it's Asuka Streak. So now every fucking match from here on out that she is in, that her and Miz are in, that's going to be the focal point. And my entire thing was, I thought that the reason why they teamed her up with Miz was that that he would take a pinfall and they would be both eliminated from this at some point in time and somebody else would win it. But now, clearly, that's not an option. Well, here's the thing, though. They could always do an angle where Naya or somebody takes out Asuka and and you have a sort of replacement or an alternate and sort of save it that way. Um, My bigger issue with it is that if we're going to sit here and say if Miz gets pinned in the tag match, Asuka's streak is over, then Asuka's streak is already over because I'm pretty sure she lost a battle royal on NXT or she was in a battle royal where she didn't win. Uh, So um, Asuka in 2016 suffered three losses. Uh, She lost, yes, a NXT women's number one contendership battle royale to Carmella. Um, That was on NXT TV. And she also lost, I'm sorry, two times. She has two losses. That one and a house show, which you might say, oh, it was a house show. They were counting house shows in her fucking total. So don't tell me it's not, it it doesn't count. But yes, she lost a match, a tag match, mind you, where I'm stalling for time so I can find it. I'm assuming she didn't take the pin. Nope, because Lana and Nia Jax beat her and Daria Baronato. Sonya Deville, yeah. Yes, Sonya Deville, yep. 
So, yes, her streak is already over. She's not undefeated in WWE. Not if we're applying the logic they seem to be applying in the Mixed Match Challenge. Right, because it'd be one thing if you could just say, oh, well, it was just one house show. She lost on NXT television. She didn't win, put it that way. She didn't win, yes. Did she, she, I mean, it was a battle royal, so she was eliminated. She was thrown over the top She lost that match, yes. She lost that match, yep. Yeah. So, which, mind you, can be found on the WWE Network. For $10.49 after tax. And that, that battle so, royal also features Eva Marie, so go check it out. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. So, yeah. So, that you can already throw that out, out the window. Because the number that they've been touting, which now they kind of don't tout that number anymore, was including her time in NXT, if you right. remember. It wasn't just, this is she's undefeated on the main roster. They haven't done those kinds of things. So yes, so now we've brought in this whole thing where, oh, now she can lose without actually losing. Right. Which means that if she would have been thrown out of the Royal Rumble, her streak would have been over That's there. That's what they're telling us. By, by their logic, yep. So, we, like I said, so now we know who's going to win the Mixed Match Challenge. It's Asuka and the Unless Miz. we get an alternate replacement situation. Which I still feel like they would be like, well, it, it counts. Yeah, I don't think they could do that. But so it was she was the original member. Of the, no, yeah, obviously no. That that's the thing. I don't want to see that because it's a it's there was no reason to bring it in in the first place. Especially if you're just going to try to find a way to pull her out of it, because you could easily just been like, "This is exhibition, bitches. It doesn't matter." You know. Yeah, and this is the but problem now, with these undefeated streaks is that eventually you just get to a point where it's like, okay, I, I know what's going to happen, and right. it sort of ruins the whole experience. Um, my bigger issue with the mixed match. First off, I will say this: I loved the fact that as Sasha broke up the pin uh, for Miz, Miz looked at the referee and said, "That that's a three. She's not allowed to do that. She can't touch yep. me." And the referee's just like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." Uh, and then Oscar broke up a pin right after that. So, yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's a heel, so uh, yeah. And and she did it after the precedent was set. Yeah. You know, but I, something tells me it wouldn't go over so well if we had a dude kick a chick in the face in this tournament. Um, well, I've, I've noticed that. <laughs> intentionally, to break up a pin. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest issue with the Mixed Match Challenge this week is turning it on in the very beginning and seeing mm. the Royal Rumble winner and <laughs> I knew exactly what you were going to talk about. Number one contender <laughs> to your WWE Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania tweeting in fucking cat ears. Mm-hmm. That's how we're going to build Nakamura up. Because, oh, by the way, doesn't have a match at the pay-per-view. Nope. So he does, not only does he not have a match at the pay-per-view, he's not in the tournament anymore. Well, they now, have I understand that one. They, I, understand, yeah. I understand that they have yeah. that. It made no sense for him and Natalia to be the hey, ones be who them. were... Yeah. <laughs> I, it made no sense for them to be the ones actually sitting there because they've used this spot for other people to like kind of build up. Hey, these guys you're going to see them next week or whatever like that. So having them be the ones like commentating on the thing and everything like that. And mind you, Shinsuke's addition to the Facebook watch chat were things like Blue Finn, <laughs> uh, Finn, Finn is number two, uh, and We Are Awesome. That was it. He. He wasn't adding anything. He wasn't doing what like Sami Zayn and ba- and Becky were doing, and a lot of the other people who've been doing this were doing, where they were actually talking about the match. Natalia wasn't much better, mind you. 
because her contributions to it were things like Shinsuke's number one. Ouch. <laughs> that was it. Ouch. And uh, Sasha's on fire while Sasha was was being put into the Oscar lock. So, <laughs> yeah. Not great on their part. Uh, I didn't need to see him anymore. And I'm 100% with you. It was fucking ridiculous to have him sitting there in fucking cat ears and having to hang out with Natalia at all. Why, why would he care at this point? He's out of it. Well, they have that one fan vote uh, for a team that's been eliminated to come back spot. And so what, this is supposed to be their way of being like, oh, you should totally vote for Probably. these guys. They didn't do a good job of making me want to vote no. for them. Not to mention, I'm pretty sure Carmella and Big E have that shit on lock. I mean, now that you have Finn and Sasha eliminated, they definitely will give them yeah. one for their money. But yeah, but yeah, obviously Big E and Carmella are two very popular pe- members of this. By the way, we don't have this on the, uh, the the sheet today, but can I just throw a quick shout out to... Uh, this, the Fashion Files segment where they had the guy from the new Unsolved show on USA, uh, and he's talking about, yeah, yeah, we got the case where we, we're trying to solve the murder of, of you know Tupac and Biggie. And uh, Breeze is like, oh, I just solved your case. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, Biggie. And Biggie <laughs> was standing behind him. So nice. I just thought it was a great touch. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they They do a phenomenal job. Uh, so yeah, so I guess that uh, that uh, that expels both of our rants for the week. So let's talk about something actually good here for for a change. <sighs> let's talk about Ronda rebounding on the mic and making Steph her bitch. Uh, so we got obviously another another opportunity to talk to talk to Ronda Rousey. She did a far better job on the mic this time, and <laughs> we got one of my favorite pictures of all time. And that is the picture of Kurt Angle standing there and not appearing to have any emotion on his face as Triple H is winding up to punch him <laughs> in the fucking jaw. Uh, <laughs> so yes, of course, um, Rhonda asked for an apology from Steph. And of course, she gave her typical fake, like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Good God, I'm so sorry. This is how humans show emotion. Oh, see, so you're totally fucking no-selling this. First off, okay... <laughs> uh, Rhonda comes and storms to the ring and does a real great job of looking like the badass who's pissed off. Uh, mm-hmm. She gets in the ring. Kurt has double double pneumonia apparently, uh, <laughs> and that was that explains. I, I I guess we are to believe he was fucking hallucinating at the paper. Like I, I the healthiest looking guy with double double pneumonia I've ever seen in my life. But in any event. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, the the gimmick being that Triple H and Stephanie threatened his job if he didn't, you know, say he was lying, whatever. Um, but you follow that up with, you know, Ronda. Everything, oh, everything's great, except we have to talk about the slap because you still owe me an apology. And then looking Steph dead in the eye and saying, "And if you don't apologize, I will rip your arm out of its socket." And in that moment, we saw everything that Ronda Rousey will be. As a sports entertainer, that is exactly what this woman has brought into this company to do. It's what she will excel Mm -hmm. at, that intimidation and badass factor. And because it's real, it connects. Uh, And I thought Stephanie did a great job because Stephanie gave that look like she was about to go all in, storms towards Rhonda and goes, I am so sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> showed a little ass there, which is not something Stephanie does very often. Um, and I'm all in on this program because it's one of the rare times that we're going to get to see Stephanie actually get her comeuppance in the end. So I'm all for it. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, the segment uh, ended with them kind of running tail, but then Triple H hauling off and decking Kurt Angle. Uh, and and uh, Ronda kind of tending to Kurt Angle at the side there. So clearly we have we have a match for WrestleMania here. Mm-hmm. We just haven't announced yep. it yet. Um, and I, for one, I'm, I'm interested to see it. And it actually makes a lot of sense. You know, you've got an Olympic gold medalist against... Uh, with a Olympic gold medalist. Uh, and bronze medalist, <laughs> I believe, Raz. Bronze, I'm sorry, yep. So you've got two Olympians. Yes. Two Olympic facing medalists. Facing off again. Yep. Facing off against two people who fuck. <laughs> uh, and, and produce children. So uh, I'm, all, I'm all for it because it, it gives both of them something to do. Obviously, we have an extensive history of Angle and Triple H. And this is this is a match that could really be, could be really yeah. good. And... Um, obviously, you know, Stephanie has her limitations in the ring and obviously Rhonda is also going to have her limitations in the ring because there's no way she can get, you know, uh, like 14 years of wrestling training in three months. So can we make Rhonda and Kurt the vote in team in the mixed match challenge? I would be hundred percent before yeah. that. Although, although then we would know exactly who's winning that <laughs> one. We already know who's winning that tournament. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, they, well, maybe, maybe Rhonda will replace uh oscar in that in that match so well then it'd be team what roska roska i'm okay with i'm okay with roska rossum yep anyways our team our team large cunt anyways uh (laughs) moving on here to another person who decided to rock the mic this week we got possibly the only thing that we could do to make this match really something that everyone's going to want want and that was by teasing that brock lesnar was going to show up uh, then having roman reigns cut a very shooty promo but a very good promo on brock reminding everybody why you should actually be cheering for roman reigns in this match mm-hmm. yeah because roman laid it out exactly what brock lesnar is a guy who's just there for a paycheck mm-hmm. a guy who isn't there every week Roman Reigns has wrestled 120, 140 matches, you know, the, the past year. Brock Lesnar has wrestled six. So, I can tell you the person that I want to see win his match. And we, we on the rundown here, we tend to try to avoid saying somebody deserves a championship match. Because everyone that's there deserves the positions that they're in and stuff like that. Or deserve better positions. But, if there's if there's anyone on the roster who should take this belt from Brock it's Ty Dillinger. and become the focal point. It's Ty Dillinger, yes, for <laughs> sure. Uh, it's definitely Apollo, no last name given. Um, but yes, Roman Reigns is I, a guy actually, I who, believe it's Apollo, not the one that shot people. Yeah. Apollo, no shooter. Yes, so Roman Reigns cut, cut a very good promo, you know, talking about Brock Lesnar's a pussy and that, you know, he's, he's not here. He, he's too afraid to show him. Uh, that he's only you know only here for a paycheck and everything that and Roman is the one who is here every week in and week out. It's the same sort of promo that CM Punk gave when he was in the feud with the with the Rock, talking about I'll be here Monday on Raw, and you won't be. That's, well, that's the same thing with Brock. Same thing Cena did you know, with Rock. Same thing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, it, it's a recurring yeah. theme. Same thing that Roman himself did with Cena. Yeah. It's a recurring recurring one, but it's a true one. And it's one that continues to work because you do want to see the full-time guys be rewarded with title shots and, and, and title runs, you know? Anytime that we've got these kinds of things, and obviously Brock has had this championship belt for a fucking year now, and... The last time, allow me to throw this stat out, the last time Brock Lesnar wrestled a match on Monday Night Raw, the brand for which he is the champion, mm-hmm. was 2004. Yep. So, for those of you scoring at home, it has been 14 years since Brock Lesnar competed mm-hmm. on the show for which he is the champion. Yep. And has been the champion for an entire calendar year. I'm pretty sure he has only said about 14 words on Raw in the calendar year that he's been in champion. In the last year, Brock Lesnar has been in the ring and wrestling for less time than Seth Rollins did on last week's Raw. That's right. In, in That's com- right. Combined, for the entire year, Brock Lesnar has wrestled less than Seth Rollins did in that gauntlet match last week. Mm-hmm. And then Rollins wrestled fucking 30 minutes at the, or 40 minutes at the pay-per-view. After pulling double duty at the Royal Rumble. Yes. Yeah. He definitely has taken up the mantle that uh, uh, Mr. Uso dropped when, when for the Iron Man of the WWE. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes you think, why the fuck would we cheer for, for Brock Lesnar? We, 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 act, we at the rundown here, we actively want him to lose that belt. <laughs> we, do not, we do not want him to want to see him have that belt Nobody anymore. Nobody more so than we, Sal. Yeah, Sal definitely is, is rooting for... This is the one chance you might actually get. If you would have put John Cena's match, this is the one time Sal would have actually gone for John Cena. But would Adam so, have? That's yeah. a good question. I don't know. Um, it, it, some interesting sort of conversation about how worked and how shoot this actually was. Of course, for those of you who don't know, there was a photo on Sunday during the pay-per-view taken of Brock Lesnar in a UFC shirt with Dana White. Now, Dana is known on social media to be a shit-stirrer. Um, so who knows? It, theoretically, it could have been an old picture that he happened to post that day. That's entirely possible. Um, by all accounts, Brock Lesnar was in Las Vegas at the Elimination Chamber show um, and mm-hmm. was scheduled to fly to L.A. for Raw on Monday. Um, I've heard both sides. I've heard the side where he just didn't show up, so they worked it into the story. I've heard the side where they changed their mind and told him not to come. Uh, Mm-hmm. There is the notion by a lot of people that Vince wouldn't advertise him and then not deliver on an advertisement. Um, to that, I respond. They hadn't advertised Ronda, and they were going to deliver that, so maybe they were okay with that trade-off. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And honestly, that's sort of the cool part about this story is that you don't know how much is real and how much is work, and I think that's when the company's at its best. You add to that the fact that for, for all the shit we give Brock Lesnar, he is still somebody who wants to build towards a marketable match. And he is definitely somebody that could be convinced to sit aside and let Roman Reigns tear him a new one. If it meant a, a bigger payday, more people tuning in, you know, and, and a, a better feud with it. So I fully believe... At least in my part, I believe that they never had an intention of having Brock on the show, and this was always a plan, was that we were going to 
say we're going to have him on there, he's not going to show up, and this is going to be the catalyst for Roman Reigns to get cheered. Because it worked. People were cheering Roman Reigns, more so than they normally do. And it worked in so much as this gives a little bit more of an intrigue and a better storyline for the match, too. Because here's Roman Reigns now being the Avenger for the WWE Universe, being, we want our title match. We want our title back. We want it back from that, that greedy bastard who's not who doesn't show up every week. You know, because that's the contract they signed mm. up to. So, but <laughs> so yeah. I allow me to also say this. To, to me, and there's been a lot of people pointing that this was Roman's best promo, and, and I don't disagree with that notion. Um, but they're talking about the content and the deliver it. Like, to me... It was the first time Roman really connected that mm-hmm. you could believe the words he was saying, that there was legitimacy to it, and that will connect with the audience. And that's what happened. When, when it feels like they're watching a genuine response from a guy, and it feels like he mm-hmm. believes what he's saying, the crowd will connect to that. And that's what you saw Monday, and that was what has been lacking for him in the past. Right. Personally, I still think that Roman's best promo was the one he gave after beating The Undertaker. Um, but I can, I, I know people, I know a case can be made for this. It wasn't one. much of a promo. Uh, I mean, he worked the crowd masterfully. But. <laughs> well, that's what I, that, that to me is more important sometimes than the words actually spoken is, is working. Let, let, let's not forget, I busted it, big dog. Yep. <laughs> and let's not forget suffering Sekatash. Anyways, so. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember this part. So you're going to have to take this one. Uh, Braun walks with Elias out of the building. Yeah, they had a match between Braun and Elias. Uh, ended up in a brawl all over the place. Elias ran to the back. Uh, Braun follows him. Elias runs out of the building. And Braun screams, I'm not finished with you. Uh, I really hope... We're not setting up an Elias versus Braun program at WrestleMania because that seems like a tremendous waste of Braun uh, for WrestleMania. Of course, I think from what we're all hearing or reading, they're sort of keeping Braun on the back burner at the moment to hedge their bets on Brock. Um, In the event Brock should decide he's not going to show up for Mania, uh, you know, sort of get the quote-unquote phantom injury ahead of time uh, to protect himself for UFC. Uh, or if he decides to just hold out for more money, a la Jeff Jarrett, I assume then he'll be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, he's going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so he actually is, in, in all honesty. Um, oh, no, no, I meant Brock. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I, I feel like there has to be something else here because I can't see Braun and Elias as a WrestleMania program. This segment was fine. I mean, Elias took a beating. He did what he was supposed to do. Uh, he got those hands and uh, ran away. So, mm. All right. yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I think that uh, uh, Braun and Elias are both too over to waste having the two of them be in a match with each other. Um, because you're you're you risking splitting the crowd there, um, and and having one of the two of them suffer a little bit in their popularity too. So I would like to see obviously both of them in, you know, some in something that can propel them forward. Some kind of feud that that can that can go forward with them, but um, you know we do still have the Androphy the Giant, so you know a lot of these guys that are going to be left off the card. That's where they're going to be going to be. Uh, obviously, Braun Strowman would be 
you know, if, if you're not going to have him in any big match, that would be the match you have him in, because at least that's something. Um, Elias is, is somebody that you can really start any a, a feud with at any point in time. Um, seems like they've kind of cooled a little bit on the Elias John Cena feud, but that would make sense because I don't think that was ever the plan for WrestleMania in the first place. It feels like so. they've cooled on the Triple H Braun Strowman feud, too. Yes, very much so. Because we're supposed to forget it ever happened. Yeah. Right, exactly, yeah. Because, you know, we had that whole Survivor Series thing, and nothing really came of it. Well, so. he, he set himself up for two programs. He chose to go with Kurt. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, so, speaking of, of WrestleMania plans, uh, sounds like we might have a little threesome brewing. Uh, because Finn Balor and Seth Rollins both won a shot at The Miz. Now, with Finn, I understand. Um, you know, Finn going after the IC belt makes a lot of sense. Uh, gives him a chance to give him a mid-card belt and kind of build him up towards the future. Seth, on the other hand, Seth doesn't make as much sense in the IC title picture. I disagree. Because here's... Okay. And you're, and you're free to disagree. I'm just going to tell you, if you disagree with me, you're a shithead. So what's, what, do you, what do you feel about <laughs> well, this? I, it's well established that I'm a shithead, so that's not exactly breaking news. Um, allow me to make the case counter to your point. Uh, the Miz has repeatedly told us that he has made the Intercontinental title the most prestigious belt on Raw because the Universal title does not exist on Raw as it mm. currently stands. So, if you can't be in the Universal title picture, what's the next best thing you can do if you're Seth Rollins? You can go for the most prestigious belt on Monday Night Raw. All right. I suppose so. Um, I think that, personally, it's a little bit of waste of Seth. Um, but you are in that position right now where you it's WrestleMania. People are going to be fighting for spots on the, on the card. And he doesn't, thanks to injuries, he doesn't really have any sustained feud that can take him into it. Um, you know, obviously, it looked like things might be going down with him and Dean, and Dean got hurt. Then it looked like things were going down with him and Jason, and Jason got hurt. Not so, me. Jason um, Not you. No, Jason Jordan. Uh, Jason Angle, my black son. Uh, so, yeah, so it, it, it's kind of a situation now where you're trying to take a guy who continues to show that he's a workhorse, continues to show that he, you know, he, he should be in high-profile, you know, feuds and matches and stuff like that, but everything's already kind of set, and his plans have continued to change. So, um, I'm I'm fine with it if he, you know, can can be used to you know maybe put put Finn Balor over, um, or you know at, at least kind of just be in something to make the match better, even if he doesn't you know win the win the championship. Uh, and you got the the added story as well, where obviously Rollins and Balor have a history too, where obviously Rollins took Balor out. And, you know, The Miz is The Miz. You can put him with anybody, and, and he can make a lot of good things out of it. So Plus, for the first time, we'll get to see the demon entrance at WrestleMania, which I think will be awesome. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, so it it, it should be a good match, if that is the, the way they're going to go. Um, there is still... We're also assuming Miz makes you know. the show, because Maurice will be due, like, two days before WrestleMania, I believe. So... Yeah, there's there's that, too, where... You know, we could potentially see this feud be kind of hot shotted and that belt taken off of him, if it if it seems like they're they're worried about that and because because obviously, the guy has had such a long career. He's he's main evented WrestleMania. He's gonna want to be there for the birth of his right. kid. 
So he he'll he'll skip WrestleMania to see his kid his kid be yeah. born, because he's he's at that point in his career. So yeah, I could I could see them maybe getting a little worried about it and and you know grabbing that belt off of him before that. Uh, you know I don't know if we're going to continue with the IC ladder match that we've been having at WrestleMania. Uh, we definitely have a lot of we definitely have enough people that we could throw into the match um, in order to make it a full on on one. And it's we have been kind of flipping through different people for this match, so that would be something that you could have Elias be part of as well. Well, last year we had you know, the IC title fin- on the kickoff show. It wasn't even a ladder match. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, but we we have had that in the past, and and that's, that's something they could do, or they could just do a straight up, you know, Balor versus Miz, or Balor Miz, and and you know, or a Fatal Four Way, whatever you want to do. Um, so we'll see. Where or you just know, throw John Cena in the match. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, he that's uh, is that still the one title he hasn't won, or did he finally win the? No, I don't think he's belt. ever had the IC belt. Yeah, I think that's finally the the one belt he hasn't won. So I don't think he's um, ever had the SmackDown which, Tag Team Championships. Well, yeah, or the Cruiserweight title. But never been the Raw no, Women's no, Champion. That's true. Hasn't held um, the SmackDown least, Women's title. At least never with held Randy the European Orton, title. That doesn't exist anymore. Never held the light heavyweight title. No, that doesn't exist WWF anymore. WWF Women's Championship? Current nope. titles. Divas well, title. Also never happened. Been a, <laughs> he's also never been a TNA champion either, but I don't see I don't see him showing up at the impact zone. <laughs> well Well, maybe. He is uh, a free agent. See, uh, yeah. See, like I said, I mean, at, at least with Randy Orton, he has a reason for going for the U.S. Championship because it is a belt he's never gone for. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, the Miz, or not the Miz. Well, the IC title's a belt uh, Seth's never held. Seth was the IC champion. When? He was the IC no, champion, wasn't. wasn't he? I thought well, he was. Roman was. Dean was. Hmm. Oh, that's right. He, that is the one belt he has. Okay, well, then that makes total sense. Never mind. I was wrong. Well, shit. <laughs> uh, well, hey, speaking of of guys who made their careers in NXT, <laughs> that's the segue. Uh, <laughs> the The final part of our uh, of our perfect ten is Mister Johnny Gargano. Not gonna work here anymore. <laughs> lost a t- lost a match. Mister Mister Candice um, LeRae. We'll go with that. Yes. So as to not be offensive. Yeah. So Johnny Gargano lost a match against uh, Andrade Cien Almos and Zelita Vega. Of course, Gargano had that chick that's his wife with him uh, because, you know, if women support their husbands, uh, they're nothing more than just a side piece. They definitely definitely have never made a name for themselves on the independent circuit, in the Mae Young Classic, or will eventually spin off from Johnny Gargano and become a focal point of the women's division. That, of course, has and never been something And they're certainly not happened. capable of picking out their own wardrobe. They are definitely not. They are definitely not. Nope. Uh, because, you know, if, if women support their husband in the things they do, it means that they're nothing but just somebody that supports their husband. They definitely can't be more than just that. Anyways, so Johnny Gargano is uh, not employed anymore, thanks in part to Tommaso Ciampa, um, and now, did you see this actual the match? Okay. Yes, I did. Fucking amazing match. 
Gargano continues to to show why people call him Johnny Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Andrade Cien Almos also continues to show the reason why he was a, a highly touted signing by the mm-hmm. WWE. You know, this is a guy who say what you will about when he first came to WWE, but he has definitely blossomed and and become the star of NXT that they needed. Well, and, and, you know, and again, and, to those who take issue with the way women are used in NXT, I would simply point to CN Almas because Zelina Vega made him a star. He was mm. sort of floundering on his own. They attached a capable, strong, talented female talker next to him, and all of a sudden he became way more legitimate and a heavyweight champion. Yeah. I just don't understand where um, why people would think that women are marginalized in NXT when you've got a pirate hooker <laughs> running around there. <laughs> you've also got, you know, Ember Moon, one of the strongest women around there. Asuka, obviously, before her was, was one that proved that she could take on anybody. And oh, by the way, they've, they've, they've main evented pay-per-views the first time ever a, w- a women's match main event of the WWE pay-per-view was in NXT. Right. Um, they also obviously were a big part of why we have women's wrestling being what it is today on WWE television. It was because of the NXT women. Mm-hmm. And there definitely wasn't a woman who was a huge, huge part of why that became in um, Sarah D'Amato. Or Sarah Stock. That definitely wasn't some Sarah Stock as well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you have you have two very strong women, and now, um, oh shit! What's her fucking name? Who's the Who's the new woman that they just signed down there? Serena Deeb. Wendy Richter. Wendy Wendy Richter uh, just just joined <laughs> NXT as well as a trainer. Serena Deeb as well um, as a yes. coach now. Serena Deeb, obviously, Mickey James has helped out down there. Um, you've also had Lita help out down there for a little bit, uh, and uh, Molly Holly was also another person that, that has helped out. There definitely is not a long lineage of, of very impressive and very independent women who have gone down there to continue to not only help the women, but also some of the men. And it, I mean, it's absolutely clear that they're trying to define Candace by her relationship to her, to this random person who she has no real legitimate connection to, uh, nor, yeah, nor in mean, any other scenario would she normally want to see that person succeed. Right, it's like exactly. two random people that they just threw yeah. together. Uh, yeah. So in right. any event, there's 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 also never a reason why they would would potentially hold her back from entering into the fray of the women's division because there are too many women there right now who are all vying for the championship belt and they want to take their time with her because they just signed her and eventually turn her into a star. There's definitely no reason why they would maybe put her in in a storyline like this to get her established before having her go strike out on her own. That's definitely not something that happens. No, never. Uh, never. Yeah. Never. Again, uh, if, if you disagree with me, we always invite any of our fans to reach out to or us. Or fellow podcasters. On, or fellow podcasters on Twitter or through, through, uh, through the uh, email address that I have previously emailed you at to sit down with us and have a conversation about uh, different things that you might feel are wrong with the WWE or NXT or if you just want to, you know, come on the show. Rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Yes, exactly. At Jay Stewart, 0920 uh, on Twitter. At Rockstar Troy. Uh, if you tweet me, I will definitely tweet you back. I may not be nice about it, though. And if you tweet um, me, I will definitely show you my tweets. 
there you go there you go and you know the reason why we have these things like an email address like a facebook page like a patreon like a twitter account is because you should definitely if you are a podcast have an online presence and have and have a place that your fans can reach out to you all right i feel like we've gone far enough down that rabbit hole so johnny gargano and uh andrade sin almost had a fantastic match um and once again, they did an amazing job of making you believe Johnny was winning this thing. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I absolutely see the comparisons now to Daniel Bryan. Uh, he just has a manner by which you attach and connect to this talent. Uh, he has that underdog thing. You root for him. You want him to succeed. Uh, he has all that going for him. It was on full display in this match. It had a little bit of everything. It had Candice getting rid of Zelina Vega. Um, he had the, the return uh, of Tommaso Ciampa to cost Johnny Gargano the match. It had the sort of farewell moment for Johnny Gargano. And then perhaps the greatest moment in NXT production history as Gargano is leaving, they cut to just a shot of Tommaso Ciampa standing in the crowd, waving slowly goodbye. Mm-hmm. I thought that was yeah. outstanding. I loved the yeah. way they did that. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of a single thing to dislike about this. I am very, very curious to see where they go with this because I think we're all sort of of the belief we're getting Tommaso versus Johnny at TakeOver New Orleans. How we get there from here, who knows? Uh, I thought they did a nice job in, in a bit of continuity that you don't always see on the main roster to post something on the WWE website with uh, William Regal giving Gargano his, his termination papers but reminding us that he will have to fulfill his house show obligations that he had already previously committed to. So for those who bought tickets to see Johnny Gargano, it makes sense for him to be on the show. Uh, I thought this was really well done. Yeah, I, I'm with you there as well. Um, you know, when you, when you look at NXT, what I, I tend to look at is the fact that from when uh, Finn Balor won the championship... Until um, Bobby Roode won the championship. You had a series of people who you thought, there's no way that these guys are going to lose the championship at any point in time. And it wound up being kind of a detriment to NXT for the longest time, where every person that they kind of built up, you thought, there's no way that they're going to beat Finn Balor for that championship. And now we're back to the point now where while Andrade Cien Almas is a legitimate champion, you feel like anybody that they build up to face him could potentially beat him. But to your point, you know? I think that one thing they did do well was they had the guys win the titles in surprising times and surprising fashions. Joe winning it at a house show, uh, followed mm-hmm. by Nakamura winning it the first time out, where I think a lot of people thought there would be a future rematch. Uh, Bobby Roode winning his first opportunity against Nakamura. Uh, so I think right. they've done a good job, and Joe sort of winning it back from Nakamura out of nowhere at one point. So I think they've done a good job of, even though you feel like those guys are invincible, of sort of keeping mm. you on your toes as to a title change can happen anytime. Right. Look at Drew right. McIntyre. And again, yeah, you know, we, we obviously we had Drew McIntyre win the championship. Um, you know, we've, we've since had a dreaded scene almost. Yeah, you, you totally thought there was a chance that we could see Johnny Gargano with this championship, you know? And there's a lot of other guys that they're kind of building up right now that you could be like, there's a legit shot that this championship could change hands. Where 
like I said, through a lot of Balor's reign, through a lot of you know Shinsuke's reign until Samoa Joe got there, we would continue to predict there is no way that you know this guy's fucking winning this championship. So, um, so yeah, so I'm I'm very happy with the direction that we're going in right now with uh, with NXT. There's there's a a plethora of incredibly good talent down there, and Johnny Gargano is one of them, uh, or at least he was right up until he got fired. <laughs> So we'll we'll see what happens here. Obviously, um, that took us to the end of the current tapings, um, and you know Johnny Gargano getting getting uh, getting fired from NXT. So we don't know what's what's going to what the future holds for for Johnny Wrestling, or for that woman that's with him all the time. But is definitely subject subjugating herself to him. Yes, exactly. So because you know WWE doesn't care about women. Anyways, so that brings us to. What is going on in your area in independent wrestling? Jason, I can tell away. you what's going on in Peabody, Massachusetts, and that would be Liberty States Wrestling returning on March 10th to the John McCarthy Elementary School, 76 Lake Street in Peabody, Massachusetts. Already signed for this event, a huge double main event, as the team of fabulously unequaled, fabulous Johnny Vegas and the unequaled one, Todd Sopel, will defend their Liberty States Wrestling Tag Team Championships against the team of Brett Domino and D.L. Hurst. Then Brick Mass Stone defends the Liberty States Heavyweight Championship against retro wrestler Anthony Green. Nico Silva will be on hand to defend the No Limits Championship. Also scheduled to appear, Sutherland, Vanity Vixen, Danny Miles, Fox Vineyard, and more. Tickets just $10 at the door. Doors open at 6.30. Bell time is at 7. Once again, that is Liberty States Wrestling, Peabody, Massachusetts, March 10th. All right, and the National Wrestling League, the NWL, heads to the Turner Rec Center in Kansas City, Kansas, March 10th. Doors open at 6.30. Showtime is 7 p.m. Child ticket pricing is not available at ringside. Stop asking. No exceptions. That's right. The main event will see the Howlets take on the besties in the world, the newly crowned NWL Tag Team Champions, the besties in the world. We have the NWL Championship match between Jeremy Wyatt and Martin Stone. A special challenge match as Todd Letterman takes on the Mile High Magnum (laughs) Dak Draper. The spirit of the NWL Championship will be on the line as new champion Maverick takes on Mike Outlaw. Jet Royal will take on Anthony Henry, Thomas Shire versus Thor Terrio, and a tag team grudge match between Plonk and Ali and Jake Foster and the master of the buddy system, Buddy Shepard. Tickets are still just $10. Go to nwleague.com for more information. Pause for dramatic effect. The Brew City Wrestling returns to the Elks Lodge in Springdale, or on Springdale Road in Waukesha, Wisconsin, on Saturday, March 10th, as well, for Shamrock Showdown, the first event in the historic new and new as these, sorry, the first event was historic as the new BCW Heritage Champion was crowned as the Midwest Slayers Tasty Shadows defeated Brandon Blaze. Also, Bruce City Wrestling owner promoter Frankie DeFalco fired the mountain of, uh, mouth of the Midwest JP and commissioned ROH star Bruce City Bruiser as the new commissioner. So, tickets go on sale now, I guess. $20 front row, $60 advance, and $8 at the door. Bell time is 7.30, doors open at 6.45. And I, I said all that because our main event is the Bruce City Wrestling Heritage Championship match where Stacey Shadows takes on Brandon Blaze. If Shadows wins, JP is rehired. If Blaze wins, Bruce City Bruiser stays as commissioner. 
We will also have a special feature match as Evil Dysfunction takes on I Am Funnybone. Brew City Wrestling Women's Championship will be on a match as Blue Phoenix Vanessa Azor takes on Golden Goddess Lena Oro, And Bo Tatum takes on Shooter Scott Marciano. Go to BrewCityWrestling1.com for more information and more Fandemonium matches will be announced in the coming days. You can go to Facebook.com slash BrewCityWrestling1 and like them or you can follow them on Twitter at bcw one and of course get that fucking out of there do not change that i do not know the wrestlers that much to don't don't change anything i see your fucking cursor there sunday march (laughs) all right sunday march 25th icw milwaukee's own rated r wrestling promotion returns to the lapica lounge for a 4 p.m show currently announced is the icw world title match as g kujianis takes on insane chase mccoy and an ICW Midwest title match as the Fabled One Aesop Mitchell takes on TW3. More matches coming soon. And Elkmany Productions... Whoops. Sorry about that. Elkmany Productions will kick off their four-part series Saturday, April 28th. Please, guys, why why would you have this many fucking days between, between your shows? Come on. A Nightmare on Bow Street will be unleashed at the Beverly Salem's Lodge of Elks. Elks! In Beverly. On fire! <coughs> and after those elks are put out by the fire department, <laughs> they will be taken to the North Northeast Animal Shelter, which will need your help, because if you, if you go to a Nightmare on Bow Street... This is also a fundraiser for the Animal Shelter, located in Salem, Massachusetts. <sighs> Dick Lang will get his rematch for Jack Kruger's All-Star title in the main event, and of course Jason's hoping he hangs dong. More matches will be announced soon. Tickets will be on sale starting Mar- or Monday, March 5th, coming soon, at the Silver Moon Comics and Collectibles in Salem and the Paper Asylum in Beverly. Prices for that are $10 in advance and $12 at the door, and the action begins with a 7 p.m. bell time, so don't miss out on all the great wrestling action for a great cause. And that'll do it for this Thursday, March 1st, 2018. It has been 643 days since Asuka lost in the WWE. <laughs> you, you put Follow that us in on before Twitter. our previous discussion, I take it. I was doing it oh. while we were, we were heading to, to the conversation. <laughs> That's why I was able to quickly Wait, pull is, who she I, lost to. Is so her reign longer, or is Vern Vicalo's reign as the Lucky Pro Wrestling Champion longer? They're, they're in that similar 600-day range, so... I don't know. It might be Vern at Maybe. this point. I don't know. We'll, we'll have, well, I'll, I'll have to look it up again. Like us on... or like, You can't like us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Podcast. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rundown Wrestling. Email the show. We're talking to you. What's an NXT? <laughs> Rundown Wrestling at gmail.com leave us a voicemail at we're not on the nose enough for you huh just like <laughs> well if they get to this point <laughs> leave us a voicemail at 617-863-6967 that's 61 rundown 7 and we have a special congratulations to longtime friend of the show Zach on the birth of his son Sebastian very happy to see that uh, both mother and child are doing great oh, congrats Zach so congrats Zach uh, and we are now on Patreon. You can be like our two patrons and head on over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron. Currently, there are two reward levels, The Rundowner, which for $5 a month grants you one patronly episode of The Rundown, and Rundown Mania, which for $10 a month grants you a guest hosting spot on any of our Rundown shows, 
minus the rundown sit-down, as well as one patron-only episode of the month. Both of those will also get you early access to any of the shows that we actually record before they show up. I was going to record uh, NXT Revisited, but then I decided to sleep instead. <laughs> Check out the Slashy Sanitarium if you're a fan of horror. Listen to our friends the Kingpin Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett on the wrestling podcast about nothing with new podcasts every Monday. Go to facebook.com slash the WPAN or the WPAN.com for more information. You can also check out our friend Justin Michaels and his, and his show Yesterland Waltz on Tough TV. You can make sure that you subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed for all of our other shows. NXT Revisited, you know, whenever it comes back. The Rundown Sit Down, which I know that Jason is actively working on getting some new people for it. WrestleMania Salvation, which should be dropping, oh shit, as soon as I get my shit together and actually record a podcast <laughs> with him. <laughs> Glow Stick, whenever I finish that. And the Nitromania Podcast, which is, seems to be the only one at this point actively continuing to release every week like it's supposed to. Follow our host at jstewart0920 on Twitter, at RockstarTroy, or at Taz. I, oh, but hey, <laughs> hey, by the way. Is the tag team title match at Fastlane a tag team match? What do you mean? Well, I'm just curious because, uh, you know, now that we've cleared up that the mixed match challenge is a tournament, I'm curious. Oh, yes. If the. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, if you or anyone you know suffers from Alzheimer's, <laughs> please, please get them the help that they need. Uh, you can head over to our Facebook page. And we have posted a, a, a hotline <laughs> that you can ask any you can ask questions twenty four seven, three sixty five, if you have any concerns about anybody who may have Alzheimer's. It's a very, very serious problem. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Jason. Thank you, Troy. Thanks to everyone who voted for our new logo, and thanks to Jason for the theme song, which I decided to stop mangling. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, most. Mostly because I'm not the one actually editing this week. <laughs> Next week, we bring you a review of Fastlane. Preview. preview, sorry. A preview of Fastlane, this time with Les Eva Marie in a skin tight jumpsuit. And that's not a good thing. No, it's not really good. But maybe we'll get to like Mandy Rose or something like that. Could be. I'm down for that. I don't, I don't, I don't care if it's back. I'm there for that if they go that route. There we go. So that'll do it. Make sure you join us again next week. See you next Thursday. Bye-bye. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created and subsequently abandoned by Adam Salzer. It is produced and edited by Jason Stewart, thankfully. This episode was hosted by me, Troy Bolson, and Jason Stewart, because otherwise we're going to start losing viewers, listeners. We are a member of the Questionable Endeavor Network. Check out our other shows, including the other wrestling shows, the Raw Attitude Podcast, who continues to not want to put us over, and the New Blood Rising Podcast, who never acknowledges that we exist. Check out our horror podcast, the Slashes Sanitarium, and the Shadowbane Podcast. Uh, both of those still exist, despite the fact that we are now in a race for who can go longest without posting an episode. <laughs> As well as the rest of our shows, Taco Tuesday, Pwn Stars, the Reanimated Podcast, Perilous Pretenders, which I still don't know what it is, and sometimes there's Scotch, which I also don't know. As well as Nerd Control. Are, are you just fucking with me? Because every week there's a different fucking show on here that I've never heard of before. 
No, that's that. They're actually part of our okay. network. I only know because I went to the yeah. website. Tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast.